my Prince Charming, he swept me off my feet. Women say that all the time here. Oh, I just want a man to sweep me off my feet. But here's the thing. The men that are good at sweeping you off your feet aren't necessarily good at being in relationship. Femininity is very powerful in creating money and connections, and it's just a different way. And I feel like I would love to be a part of women, like really getting how beautiful their femininity is and that when they reside and sit on their throne of their femininity and just allow, like see who shows up, see who, who pursues them, see who offers. I feel like it's a much more rewarding place to be for a woman than the chase. Today, I am so, so, so excited to have you, Krista Beck, on the Claire Chiron Show. <laughs> Hello. Hello. So first, I would love to introduce you the best that I can. So Krista Beck is a phenomenal woman, like really. <laughs> so Krista has spent the past 11 plus years helping single people find love again as a dating coach and a matchmaker. So single people come to her when they are not meeting the right people. And they are tired, you know, of the inauthenticity of dating apps. Oh my God, you, you know that, we know this, <laughs> yeah. And also it feels like now <laughs> dating feels like work. And the thing is that we are working all day long and we want to make the dating process like juicy, like fluid, like joyful, like, like this is love after, after all. Yeah, <laughs> and what they really want is a real connection, you know, with a real person, like face to face and, you know, <laughs> I get you totally. I understand you. And this is this is what I want to for people like stop meeting on their phones and then go out there and find a real quality connection with a person. Krista mm. Beck is really special because she has been featured on ABC, NBC, Fox and FedEx. And her message, your message has been heard by over one million people people globally whoa <laughs> what does it know. you know <laughs> and know. what is really impressive and the reason why i wanted to have this conversation with you is also about your 20,000 plus hours of meditation this is so incredible and as well as an award-winning violinist krista You believe in the power of real love and your ability to change the world. Mm. This is amazing. And you're also uh, the podcast host and author of the Amazon best-selling book, Break the Glass Sleeper, beautiful book. Free yourself of fairy tale fantasies and find true love in real life. And so in this paradigm shifting dating guide, she exposes the societal fantasies about dating and relationships that yeah, sabotage our, our ability to attract a healthy and happy long-term relationship. Mm. Krista, welcome on the show. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be with you. You're welcome. And I'm, I'm more glad than you than having <laughs> to have you on the show. <laughs> I'm very, very, very happy. I even learned how to say, I even learned how to speak the little French, Merci de me voir I learned how to speak that before I got on the show so I can... Oh. Show off my little bit of French for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they will, they will love me speaking a little bit of French too. <laughs> so I want to start with a sentence that I saw somewhere on the internet. Yeah. And the sentence said, Krista is a romantic healer. She mm -hmm. helped me to heal my heart and find love. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that this comes from you, your own transformation and your whole healing inside yourself. Mm -hmm. And I love you to know, I mean, I want to know more. <laughs> I want to know more. <laughs> I yeah. want for us to hear, uh, I would love you to 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 tell you to to tell us sorry about your story, especially at your beginning stage. What happened at 21 years old, and why did you decide to go on a healing journey and to go on this uh, amazing meditation journey? Mm. Well, to start off with what you first said about being a romantic healer. That was something that one of my clients had said about me, and I it it was very a very lovely compliment and and why she, and it made sense because when she first came to me, she was all over the place with her emotions and her mind and this relationship ending, and then she also just felt really sad and angry from a relationship ending. And when she worked with me and I took her through my process of helping people heal from their broken hearts, from their sad hearts after they break up, when I took her through that process, oh, she felt so much freedom. She felt so much peace from just being able to do that deeper work for her to look at herself, to heal herself to to um take ownership of her choices and 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 also to look at what she stepped over in the past relationship and then she really got to this beautiful place where at the end she felt forgiveness she felt her heart was open and she just felt complete like she felt like it wasn't all in her head anymore it was like this the breakup was like on her face like an alien and then it all kind of fell away. And then she could see herself again, feel that love within herself again. So that's, that's kind of how I started my career as a dating coach. It really started from my jumpstart your heart process, which was only, I was only working with helping people to open their hearts up to love again, to heal again. And it's very transformative work. And then to go kind of what you were asking about, like me being 21 and my spiritual journey, it, I feel like my, the foundation of the work that I'm doing today and you know, my evolution of my, it being in the love industry is, you know, for 10 years, I would say, I mean, my life, I live like a nun, <laughs> 
pretty much. I wasn't an official nun, but I lived a very spiritual, um, peaceful, quiet lifestyle, living and working at retreat centers, teaching meditation. I was in my 20s and I was just like, woo, like God, spirituality. You know, I was just like on fire, really. <laughs> and I was just so excited. And plus, I was so, dis I just have a natural temperament of being disciplined. So sitting for meditation, while it's very difficult, as you know, you know, just from the conversations we've had that you do meditation, you know, the mind is always going all over the place, right? Yeah. Meditation's <laughs> like, oh, But then it's like, no, 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 no. I want to talk. I want to talk. No, shh, shh, shh. it's like a, having 20 kids inside your brain, little five-year-olds inside your brain. So anyway, so I spent a lot of years doing that. And I just feel like it really helped me to just doing my own meditation helped me to heal from my past, you know, from childhood stuff that happened with me. Just, it helped me to get grounded in the spiritual realm. And I feel like that's been the foundation of my life and also my work, what I do now. It's like, yes, I help people find love again, right? I work with single people, hmm. but the foundation of that is for them to love themselves, to honor themselves, to be in tune with themselves, especially women. You know, I help men and women be in tune with themselves, but I do find that women sometimes don't as much like to really honor their intuition, honor what they feel in their body and to date from really honoring themselves and honoring what they want, I think is really important. Mm, absolutely. And I can totally relate of to, to what you are saying, because this is exactly the process that I, I take my client into it too. Mm. And uh, I, I, I feel like, you know, you are like a dating coach, but not a normal dating coach. No. Like, <laughs> it's like a dating coach because this is the name that everybody knows. But I always um, uh, had a hard time to find a, a real name who explain what we are doing, which which is like much more about healing the person because yeah. I think that you can relate to, he, to, to it if the person has not healed from their past, it's yeah. just impossible, impossible to recreate yeah. something new because something new is something new and with no old things. So you have to detach from your old self and then create a new self. And this is this whole process yeah. that is quite hard, but, um, uh, but this, is, this is what you do actually, yeah? Yeah, and I love what you're saying there because it really is, Clara, it's really about healing your past because I like to, I like to, because, you know, my book's all about fairy tales and stories and things like that. I like to put it in the context of your, your love story. You mm -hmm. know, we, we, we have this past relationship love story and usually it's written from, um, how we've been imprinted from our family, from our society. And then we play out this old sad love story that's pretty much been handed to us. 
And it's not our parents' fault because they only could teach us what they can teach us. So part of our work is helping people to rewrite their love story. But in order to rewrite it, you have to actually get in tune and know what your old love story was. And, and sometimes we just go in, what a lot of single people do is they have a breakup, they have some past relationship pain, and they're like, well, I'm lonely and I'm just going to find someone. But then they're constantly playing out that old love story over and over again. And they keep saying, well, why do I keep picking wrong? Oh, because yeah. we, need, we need to rewrite this story. Yeah. Otherwise, this is really insane to like... To, to believe that you can find something new or somebody new if you still have all the old in your head, this is just incompatible. This is impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, there's a lot of baggage, a lot of suitcases that you're holding on your, your bringing. Imagine going into a relationship where you can take all the suitcases off and be fully free and to really give love. Like, see, I'm about romantic love. I love romantic love, but imagine like, that being with someone and you, you have already so much love with you and that you don't need it from someone, you actually can share your love with them and they share their love with you. Like we can be, we can be conduits of just love, but I feel like we're in this old fashioned paradigm of what relationships are supposed to be. I think relationships are beautiful places where we can magnify each other's love that we give to each other, but then also be a contribution to the world. Mm. And actually, how do you see relationships right now? Because I think that uh, actually your book is all about this, this new paradigm shift between, because during the, the last generations, there have been several ways of relationship to occur and to to happen and between men and women and how do you see relationships right now right now and uh so because this is after after all because of this uh realization that you wrote this book and then you wanted to 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 explain like the whole new paradigm can you tell us a a yeah. bit of, about that and a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so um, a few years ago, I had this idea for this book and where it came from, Claire, was that, you know, I've been working with singles for 11 plus years, right? I've been in the industry. And so I kept hearing these same stories over and over again, these same things that people were like excuses or stories about love or stories about themselves. And I, and I take voracious notes when I'm on, on, on calls with people. So I studied all these years of calls and I noticed these patterns. And so that's really what the book is, right? It's really about this top 10, what I call fairy tales, because mm-hmm. what's a fairy tale? It's, it's an entertaining story, but it's it, what happens in this story. A lot of times it's a story intended to deceive. So we've been deceived. And in the book, the kind of the main villain of the book is Hollywood and Disney that are like now we're in a society where we watch so many movies. When we're kids, we watch Disney movies. We watch all these romantic movies and we're always taking in this information. So, and, and here in the United States, and I don't actually know how much TV people watch in France. That would be interesting to know, but um, there's a study that 
Americans will watch 5,000 films in their lifetime. So imagine that many hours of information coming at you your whole life. And what do we see? We see in an hour and a half in these rom-coms that people meet, they have that spark and that magic, and then they fall in love and then they get married all within an hour and a half. So we have this expectation that love is supposed to happen like that. And if it doesn't, people, single people actually like, well, I didn't have, I didn't feel the spark. I didn't feel the magic. I, it didn't happen instantly. So it must not be meant to be. They actually think it's supposed to be like that. The, so. there, was, there was no music when we met with each other. <laughs> I didn't see the birds flying and I didn't see the hearts coming out of her eyes. <laughs> What you're saying is so, so juicy. And, and this is a reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you because this is actually um, a big, big topic that I, I, talk, I talk also about uh, with my clients. And they all have this illusion, this, uh, this idealistic dream of mm. one day, you know, I have to wait for the one, the prince charming, and mm -hmm. it has to be absolutely perfect. And he has to complete this criteria and this one, and this yes. one, and this one, and this one. And we're like, oh my God, do you want to stay single all your life or what? <laughs> That's the thing. Like Prince Charming is a thing. Like, and again, it comes from movies and it's not our fault that we think this because uh -huh. it makes sense if we're watching all these movies that we think there's going to be this Prince Charming. We think there's going to be this magic. I mean, I even bought into it too. And I talk about it in my book that I had this man, I started dating him and he's in, in, in the United States, we have this term called, he swept me off my feet. I don't know what it would be in France, but my Prince Charming, he swept me off my feet. Women say that all the time here. Oh, I just want a man to sweep me off my feet. But here's the thing. The men that are good at sweeping you off your feet aren't necessarily good at being in relationships. So if you need to be swept off your feet, to it's not a good sorting mechanism. And people don't realize, people think dating's magic, but it's actually sorting. You have to be, you have to sort in reality. What do you really want? What do you want? What do you need? What's your future? Who would be a good fit long-term? Like we can approach relationship building with our mind and our heart and our body, but we tend to just rely on the chemistry and the, the being in the fairy tale around it and not actually seeing the person in front of us, like from our mind, like, Ooh, okay. He's, he's loving. Ooh, okay. I, I, He's actually family oriented. Oh, look at him. He's, he's up to things in life. Like thinking about real characteristics like that really are important to you. You know, especially if you want children, you know, a lot of women here in the United States, they want kids, but then they choose and choose to invest their time in men that have clearly from the beginning said they don't want kids. Then why would you do that? Because they're caught up in the fairy tale, the, the attraction. They're not powerfully sorting it out, those guys out. 
regarding women wanted kids do you think yeah. that they want kids because they they want to be a real mom and to give love to their kids or do you think that they want to have kids because of the movies and of the conditioning and because of the fact that they feel alone also um well that's one of the things i determine with women and men um I think when I, when I have a genuine conversation with someone and I feel it, you know, when someone says something, you can feel it, you can feel their heart. You can be, they, they say, I really want to have kids and I'm in my late thirties. And is this going to happen for me? Like they want that. I, they do. So I actually, when, when a woman for me gets to a place where she's like, I really do want to have the family and I want to have that experience. I feel like they genuinely mm -hmm. They do. They're more, and maybe they're more traditional, you know, that they want to have that um, kind of thing. But, you know, I've even had a client, which was really interesting. It was a man. He was a man. The whole time he was saying, I want to have children. I want to find someone to have children with. I want, I want, I really do want that. And I was like, okay, then we need to date this way to find this kind of woman. Blah, blah. He met this woman who is 10 years older than him who is beyond the age of really healthily having children, but he was so in love with her and he was such a wonderful, they were such a wonderful fit that he actually made peace with it, that he, he, he was like, it's more important to me to be with this woman than to have children. So I think there's like, yes, we can genuinely have our desires, but sometimes someone comes to us And like, that's the situation. And it's like, do you want to have this gift of this person? Or do you want to make sure you have to have this? I think people just really, what it boils down to is people do want a real connection. Mm -hmm. But I do think if you do want kids, it's nice to be with someone who is family oriented. If, if you're dating someone yeah. who doesn't even like being with their family and they don't like kids, but you do, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good fit. <laughs> <laughs> and the conversation around won't be so good <laughs> yeah <laughs> they disagree do you find every time do you find do you find in in france is that a concern for a lot of women also in their late 30s that they want to have children but they haven't met someone yet because they've been maybe busy with their career or they haven't made it a priority Um, I had a client, a client, for instance, who wanted kids, but didn't want it to wear them. So that's, that's another thing. And I was like, mm, Wait, what do you okay. mean? She didn't want to wear them. Like, what do you mean? Raise them? Like she didn't, she wanted no, no. kids. She, she di didn't want to, to make them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. She that wanted was interesting. to just <laughs> And, uh, and from from what I see, um, it's like, yeah, women uh, be, beyond a certain stage want to have children, but I'm afraid that they want to have children to have children, and yeah. they don't want to have children to really to. Okay, there is there is yeah. a big difference to me. Yeah. It's like having children and and creating um have make love with somebody you love 
to invite in your life a new person, a new human being that you want to meet and you want to, to, know, to know them better. And it's totally different because right now, um, whatever it is in the United States or in France, it's like having a, children, having a child is like I have an object. And uh-huh. it's totally different from, yeah. from being educated yourself knowing yourself knowing first how to educate yourself and then as you know it you are ready to welcome a new human being in your life and to teach them everything that you've learned in your life to offer them a new way a life and it's totally different and i haven't seen a lot of people with this right mindset and this is the thing that afraid me a little bit because i'm like oh what is the future for these poor children yes i i understand what you're saying it's i feel like we we just have this as humans we're born and then we go to school and then we're in school. We're like, okay, well then you're going to go to college. And so we're kids, and, you know, and then we go to college and okay, when you go to college, then you're going to get a job. Okay. When you're going to go get a job. Okay. Then you get a job and then you make the money and then you're going to buy the house or the apartment and then you go do that. Okay. And then you get married. Okay. And then you have the kids. It's kind of like we're conditioned to like in the United States. I don't know if you have this, uh, let me see. I don't know if you have this like uh, saying in France, something similar, but we have dangling the carrot. They used to like dangle a carrot in front of a donkey yeah. to kind yeah. of keep it walking. So it's always like, nom, 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 trying to go after the carrots. Yeah. yeah. So we, all these things in life, the education, the money, the house, the family, they have the kids. It's like this carrot that people are just chasing and they feel like if they don't do this, then they're not doing what they're supposed to do. They're, they're just unconscious about why they're even doing it. Like, like yesterday, I was talking to a, a client, new client, and she, 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 regu- she regularly dates, which is good. So she's getting out there, but she keeps choosing wrong. Mm. But I heard something in her speaking when we were on the phone. She says, and I feel all this pressure. And she's actually from an Indian family. And I don't know if you have a lot of experience working with Indians, but Indian family is very traditional. You get married, like very strongly. So she's like, I feel this pressure. And I was like, hey, you may want to look at, I think we need to do work around this. That you, I want you to heal the pressure that you feel. I get that your parents have expectations, but that pressure and you unconsciously holding on to this pressure, it's making you go into these relationships because you're feeling a pressure. I want you to, let's heal this pressure. Let's let go of this pressure. And then you can show up on the dating scene like, ooh, like the queen, like choose, who, let's see who shows up for you, you know, instead of like chasing, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh my God, this is so, so juicy. I had a million questions <laughs> in my mind. I'm like, which one, which one? <laughs> I know, let's just, let's pick out, where's the hat? Let's just pick another one out of the hat. <laughs> yeah, okay. So um, you talk about the Hollywood, the Disney, um, all, this, um, all these fantasies that rule our life from the childhood yes um can you give us 
some examples uh, of these uh, fairy tales that we hear all the time and that we can reproduce uh, in our lives without knowing it. Um, it can be in movies, it can be in books, and it can be in music too. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of, one of the main fairy tales is is to think that love is going to just magically happen. Hmm. Like I hear this all the time. Like people say, I thought it would have happened by now. Like I, people actually think that they can just go through their lives and that it's just going to come to them without having to do much on their part. Like they just wake up in the morning, put the little makeup on, put the little dress on, go to work, come back, watch a movie, drink a glass of wine, watch a movie, and then go to sleep. And then that's what they do. And they don't go and have some intentionality with their love life. I think that's like one of the, the things that I think Hollywood propagates is because you see over and over again in films that people just bump into each other and they just yeah. meet, hmm. you know, and then it's, and then they're like, ah, instant, instant, there's that instant connection. And that's just, that just happens. So I like to kind of invite people to kind of take more ownership of their love life, see themselves as the queen or as the CEO of their love lives. Like if you're a CEO, a chief executive officer, run a big company, you're not, you don't show up to meetings like what's going to just magically happen for our company. And it's a multi-million dollar company, right? You, as the CEO, you're the captain of the ship and you're steering it, the company in the direction. So I invite people to take, take control of the helm of the ship and start steering your actions in the direction of the kind of relationship you want and to, to, to invest time each week. And you know what? I think a lot of women too, more so than men, maybe you use the, use the excuse, like I'm too busy. Mm. Like I'm too busy to date. I'm too busy to find love. I don't know if it's so much in the French culture, but very much here in the United States, people use I'm too busy Hmm. To to or I'm busy. I'm busy. I don't think it's so much there, but it's very much here. Is it there? Do people say that? Oh my god, this is crazy. Oh really? Crazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even even the clients who join the program, you know, they don't have time. What? Yes. But you wanted to change, and you don't have time. Really, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> because, and and I, I will ask this question because I think that this this is for this reason. It's like you know, as relationship change, women become more manly, more masculine with oh. a, a, a more masculine energy. They want to control everything, and yeah. there is this giving and receiving energy which is totally disproportionate mm. and the thing is that and i think that you, you know th there is the united states and yeah. we have the same um uh, the same scenarios and the same things that happened but 10 years after that <laughs> 10 years after you <laughs> oh okay 
as with my partner, we travel a lot in the United States and we look at the information, the news in the United States. We, yeah. we know what happens in the United States before it happens in France. Oh. <laughs> and we, we, we can see the, the spectrum in the US and we can see what will happen really in France. But the thing is that the same, um, the same, um, the, the same spectrum is the, the spectrum is, is the same in the in both uh, country is that they there is a big disproportion between the give me give me give me give me everything because you know i am the queen <laughs> okay you know better you have to give also <laughs> to to have your man happy because this is a human being with yes. emotions like you yeah. and this is what they don't get they 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 don't understand because you know uh there has been they have been raised by parents with everything you know and they have a, a good work and they have the the movies because you know every single every single day people watch netflix and, okay. and okay. netflix is crazy and yeah. uh, and on youtube and you can look you know and th there is a thing that i like i love it's like people watch things or look at things or listen to things or want to hear things that they want to hear about mm -hmm. they want mm -hmm. to look at what they want to look at and yeah. and this is this is really uh, tricky because when we, they want to change, you have to invite them to change, to see and to hear what you want to invite them to see and to hear. Yes. And can, can you share your point of view regarding this giving and receiving thing? Because I, I feel like, and it's crazy that they, they don't get that they have to, because <laughs> the, the dynamic between men and women have so changed from the past uh, 10, 20, 30 years that before they, they were like, we, we can call gentlemen. And now with the Me Too in the yeah. US, yeah. Uh, men don't want to approach women because they are so afraid to feel rejected. And yeah. men are so mean uh, toward, toward this man. And so they are the queen. And this is why I don't really like this, this queen movement. Okay. Because you, to be a queen, you have to own your queenness. You have yeah. to, to show to the yes. world and to people around you that you deserve to be this queen, that you deserve mm -hmm. to, to, yes, to have this man in your life. And do you see that also that I, I i understand what you're saying so let me just clarify when i say the word queen because when i say the word queen i do feel it's from an empowering context but i can yeah. get when someone's like i can get where you're coming from though because you can be the queen like just do everything and i'm just gonna sit back <laughs> and you know yeah when i say queen and we can use a different term but oh, there, no. is, there, is a, there is a dynamic between the masculine energy and feminine energy. When I coach women, I am trying to empower them to stay in their feminine energy. Mm -hmm. Yes, 
we're busy, we're women, we have businesses, we have to be in our masculine to kind of make things happen and do things. But the feminine is much more, it is about receiving, it's about honoring yourself. It's about, you know, like for me, I know when I feel feminine because I feel relaxed, I'm easy to connect with, I feel yummy. And it just feels good to be in my feminine. It's like after I take a bath or after I get a massage, I just feel, I feel so feminine. I feel relaxed and at ease. And then I can receive from, from my friends, my, a man, you know, I can receive. Hmm. But when, and then I, I like to encourage my female clients to show up on dates and in their love lives from this feminine energy. Because I do find when these very successful women I work with, they make things happen. You know, they are running, they're running their company. They're running, they're like uh, high up in their company or whatever they're doing. So they have that masculine energy. Like, let's do this. Let's close this deal. So then they're showing up on dates with that. Let's close this deal. Like, let's interview. Okay. What's the interview? Okay. Do you have this, 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 you know, like very kind of, you know, let's, let's close this deal kind of energy. But what, but, but I do find that from my experience, all right, and I know things change and stuff, but we are biological creatures as well. And I do feel like the masculine energy, men like to provide, they like to give, they like to take the lead. If you're talking energies, right? I mean, everybody's got a mix of a little feminine and a little masculine, right? So here's why I teach women to be in femininity. And this is a problem here in the United States. And I'm so curious to know if it's a problem there. What I find is that women don't stay in their feminine. They're not like receiving and kind of enjoying you know, their own femininity. They start dating a man. The man is not pursuing them. The man's not asking them out again. The man stops texting. So a woman feels like there's something she needs to do about it. So then she starts chasing him. And then, and then she's in her masculine energy and he is just not interested. So I try to teach women to stay in their femininity and to kind of reflect a man's level of investment because a woman will start investing time and attention and emotions into a man that ha- doesn't even really want it, but she's making it so easy for him. And I'm not trying to tell people to play games. I just feel like if a man is interested, if a masculine oriented man is interested, he will pursue a woman. He will want to date her. He will want to woo her. He will want to do all that. He will, if he see, like he will lead her towards an exclusive relationship. If he's interested in her, that's, I know that a masculine man will do that. But if a woman shows up in her masculine with a masculine man, it's going to repel him. And plus she's not going to feel as good. So these are just some thoughts. These are just some, some like kind of things to how I approach things. But do you find that there's some similar things happening there like yeah. this with women yeah, totally. in France? And I, I, I hope that you, yeah, yeah, this is, this is actually what I wanted to, 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 to say. <laughs> <laughs> this was, this was actually my, mis- when, when I said 
queen it's like the the princess uh give me and everything and uh this anyway anyway that, that was an uh, another type of person i, I think but yeah th this is this is exactly that this is the the, the issue is that uh, women are too many in their masculine wanting to control and to and and after that i have often the questions um I think that men are not confident enough, and so do you have you have to 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 stand in my power again even more no 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 <laughs> being your feminine, be you shine bright, radiate, and yes. then this is what you have to offer yes. to your man this is what yes. he wants and yes. don't show that if you don't radiate if you feel like i have to chase him no 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 <laughs> this is not the good way yeah you're totally right yeah i think i think in this day and age i think we as women are moving more into our strength and we are having more power in our lives and our choices and i think that femininity is very powerful, very valuable, and very beautiful. But we've been living in a society where the, it's the patriarchy. Men rule. Men are in charge. Doing things like men is how you get success. But I feel like the more we women get stronger in ourselves and we use our femininity, femininity is very powerful in creating money and connections. And it's just a different way. And I feel like I would love to be a part of women, like really getting how beautiful their femininity is and that when they reside and sit on their throne of their femininity and just allow, like see who shows up, see who, who pursues them, see who offers. I feel like it's a much more rewarding place to be for a woman than the chase. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's tiring for a woman to be in her masculine all the time. But again, everyone has a little, sometimes women are more masculine and that's okay. But I'm just talking mostly to that women who really do feel that ease when they're in their femininity. Mm, absolutely. Can you, can you share with us some miracles, love miracles that happen when women are in their feminine and they embrace their energy and that men are like, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, let's see. Who's a miracle? I would say Diana. I wonder if I mentioned her in the book, but she was, um, she ran her own business. She worked in the spa industry. She would spell, sell spa products to multiple spas. I mean, she was high it. level. <laughs> yeah. She, she made things happen. She was very successful and how she was successful in closing the deals was her masculine energy. And so when she came to me, she's like, Krista, I'm getting all these first dates but no, nobody's asking me out again. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, <laughs> I wonder why. And so once we started to discover, I was like, so what's happening on the date? She's like, I don't know, I'm asking them questions and then I'm asked them out and stuff like that. And they just don't text back or they don't want to. And I'm like, 
I kind of feel like it's an energy thing. Like you're so used to getting closing deals with your business and you're good at it, but you're not going to close a deal with lo in love by you being in your masculine energy. So what we created was her, um, her feminine ritual, her pre-date feminine ritual. So before she wouldn't, I told her, you're not allowed to go from work to a date anymore. You need to create your pre-date feminine ritual and you need to do, let's figure out what are the things that you need to do to get into your feminine, you know, where you feel good, you feel grounded, you feel sexy, you feel sensual, you feel grounded, you know? And so she created um, doing a bath, putting on some makeup and she had this, oh, do I have any... She had, she was the kind of woman, she loved putting sparkly headbands on. That was part of her ritual. The minute she finished her ritual and she put that sparkly headband on, it was like she was crowning herself, right? She put that headband on, she'd go out to the date. She said, Krista, I'm having so many men interested in me that I'm having a hard time keeping track because she was good at getting the first dates, but then because she was showing a feminine, more men wanted to be around her because it felt good. Men choose women because of how, they, how men feel around the woman. So if they feel good because she's relaxed and in her femininity, it's only going to attract them. And this isn't about manipulating. It's really about feeling good and being present and allowing yourself to just let go and kind of, why don't you let the guy, let's see where the guy leads you because the only options you have are the men who are pursuing you as a woman. If you're serious about having a long-term relationship, if you're not, then it doesn't matter. But if a man's not pursuing you, he's not interested. So you want to be in a space where you're at least inviting man, a man to pursue you. And I feel like being in your femininity is the best bet. But fast forward with Diana, I, I called her last year. I should check in with her again. But she found a lovely man. They were buying a house together. And um, I should check in with her again because I knew that she wanted to have kids. So I'm curious to know, like, mm. is that happening now? <laughs> All right. This is, oh, I feel goosebumps everywhere. <laughs> this is so magical. And so this is, this is the, the reason why successful single women uh, are being told they are intimidating because they are too much in their masculine. They want to control everything. Mm. And uh, so is, the, is this, is this the, the reason why um, they, they can't attract a proper, a proper man? Well, there is some femininity aspect to that one. Do, do you have something similar in France where it's, um, where men say, oh, I'm, in the United States, they say I'm intimidating, but what, do, do they have something similar in France where they say about women when they feel like they're either too good for them? Like, is there, okay, so, um, what, what's that? What's the French term? How would you say it? Because I want to hear it because it's so sexy. Intimidé. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, intimidé. Okay, yeah. So, so a lot of very successful women. Or, or it, is, it is intimidated, but also they, 
I, I feel like they don't want to put energy into a relationship where they know that they won't be the man, that the woman will have more control and masculine parts. So, yeah. 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 Because why? Because a man feels good being around feminine energy. So if a woman is showing up all the time in her masculine, then he's not getting it. Just like women. I talk to so many women. They're like, I just want to be with a masculine man. I just want a man who takes the lead. I want a man who will ask me out. I want a man, you know, that's masculine energy. You know, that's, that's very masculine. So it's a very masculine thing. But when it comes to being intimidating, very successful women think that because they're successful, that they they're intimidating and they won't have a man. And so they, women, a lot of women, and because people have, men have said that to them, like, oh, you're so intimidating. Mm. And so, um, but there's two thing, reasons why a man may feel intimidated by a woman. He may authentically feel intimidated. It's not that she's intimidating. He may feel intimidated by her because she is successful or she's so beautiful or she just has so many cool things going on. And he, it brings up insecurity because he's like, can I even have a woman like that? Now that's on him, hmm. you know, but sometimes well, in the, she that, is on the pedestal. Yeah. He's hmm. putting her on a pedestal. So he feels intimidated. And then what men do sometimes here in the United States is they blame her. Oh, you're too intimidating. So then a woman who's on the dating scene thinks, oh, then do I need to downplay my success? Should I not talk about my education? Should I not share how much money I make? Like, you know, like, so the women start to think they need to lower, like not talk about how successful, but that's not true. If men feel intimidated, that's their responsibility. Like they need to like deal with that. And a lot of men do. They're like, wow, I feel really intimidated by this woman, but I really like her. So that's a men problem. Like men need to deal with that. And women should not take it, not listen to the guy when he says she's intimidating. But what is on the woman is a woman may be coming across intimidating because she's closed. She's not showing up open. Her nonverbals are like, you know, closed off. Or so a man, when he looks at her energetically and from her nonverbals, like how how her face is showing up, how her body's showing up, if she's showing up closed and not available or energetically closed, like she has her guard up, like maybe she's been hurt so much and she's just like, you know, you can't get through this, then that's going to be feel intimidating to a man because he's not invited into being connected with her. So that's on her to see, oh, I'm actually showing up really closed off. You know, I'm showing up, I even just, I, I'm showing up like not available. So then I work with women to be like, okay, so how can you start showing up? So one of the main things I teach women like that to do, I was like, here's your homework. You ready? Everywhere you go, I want you to make eye contact and smile. When you walk into the store, make eye contact, smile. It's a little hard these days because I don't know if you're having to wear masks, but we have to wear masks here all the time. But um, smile at men. Make eye contact and smile. Communicate openness. 
But a lot, here's why this I'm too intimidating is a fairy tale. Because women hear it, they think that that's the reason why they're single, and then they get stopped. And they use it as an excuse to not either change themselves or to just change, you know, how they're interacting with the men, how, you know. So it's really, it's a, it's a story that women tell themselves that prevent them from taking new actions in their love life. And they can get trapped in the I'm too intimidating trap. Mm. So you told us about a first uh, fairy tale, which is love will come into your life magically. Yes. So the second one is like, I am too intimidating. Is there another one that you can share? Oh, before that, I would love to ask you a question. Yeah. Can you tell us as women what they can do and we can do more often to be more in our feminine and to to change a little bit our dating habits in order to to be more in in what can we change to be more in the in the feminine i, I love when you yeah. speak about that this is your thing you are yeah. so much into your energy <laughs> i love it <laughs> <laughs> so you're asking what can women do to be more in tune with their femininity that's yeah. what you're asking yeah well there I would start I would start with the question what activities do you do that make you feel relaxed hmm. and to really what what does that at a baseline getting enough sleep is required for a woman when we get enough sleep and we get enough rest we look beautiful we radiate we're rested and then we have the rest to be able to, it's like our, it's like the gas for a car. Sleep is our gas. So at the bare minimum, sleep. If I were to tell you one thing, just sleep, sleep, mm. you know, sleep. <laughs> Don't <one>. separate, sleep. <laughs> but, but every woman's different because a woman like me, you give me a massage, I get a massage. Oh, I'm going to feel so relaxed and squishy and yummy and like, ah, but you talk to another woman, she's going to feel relaxed after she does kickboxing because for her moving her body in those intense ways and being athletic, that actually helps her to release whatever stress is in her body and to help her feel feminine. So the access to feeling femininity is just in what actually has you feel relaxed. Mm. What has you feel present? What has you feel sensual? And sensual doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. Mm -hmm. What has you feel sensory? Like what has you feel Mm -hmm. in tune with your body? Oh, look at you. Look at you, Claire. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> okay. Let's show it. For- yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. See. Oh, yeah. That's the thing for me. Oh, touching my yeah. hair makes me. And good. this is a thing for the woman who has long hair, long, yeah. flowy, uh, shiny hair. This yeah. is so sensual. So yes. sexy. Use, use your, use yeah. your hair. <laughs> yes. Use that hair. 
Yes, work that hair, especially if it makes you feel relaxed too. Like I know for me, just touching my hair, it just makes me feel relaxed. It's like a mini massage to myself. I'm like, and it's kind of like sexy the way I'm doing it, right? Like if I'm on a date and I'm just like playing with my hair, it's kind of sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Say, Say that again. You have to be careful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You got to be careful with those hair touches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? What makes you feel relaxed? And Good question. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're right. You know, having a stressful day, <laughs> I need to yeah. uh, meditate. I meditate a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. yoga you doing oh, yoga yes. yeah I love yes. that I love um, uh, rolfing you know yeah like, oh. you know, yeah yeah very good very good it's painful but it's very good a thing that I love to is to to run to run okay yeah it's like um uh, i i don't remember the oh um no no i don't remember the title of the movie but there is one movie with i don't remember the actor but they were uh they were reproducing the nike uh, ads and they were saying like they they were selling the nikes with a woman running on the road and she feels like the air coming from in her hair and she feels like she is free and this is the feeling that I have it's like it opens my chest and I feel like (sighs) and I have this feeling when I'm doing uh, push-ups too push-ups yeah I love and that. I do, I do I do that too because I know that when my body is muscular I feel good and my partner feels good too. Ah, I love it. I love all those. You're inspiring me. You're inspiring me to go for a run. I want to feel that run. <laughs> yeah. I want to feel and, that. Uh, this is this is a sport that I was doing like four years and um, and now I do it less because of the lockdown of things. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like, you know, it's like my freedom moment. Like I am yeah. alone and I can do every anything that I can. I just run. And what I like to do is like I run into my future. Like mm-hmm. it's like... <sighs> this is the new me and I'm like oh my god this is so good and you're in the forest in the nature and you're like <sighs> I was so trapped in the, into my daily routine just 50 30 minutes outside like whoa fresh hair yes so good. yes another thing another thing yes. I have to do is just yeah. to put on music like so loud music yeah. and just dance, you know, yeah. like ecstatic dancing and the yes. like, you free yourself. Yes. And after that, I'm like glowing. <laughs> my partner told me like, go dance, <laughs> dance again. <laughs> yes. I can really relate to that one. When I dance, and that's one thing I miss right now. That's probably one of the main things I miss. Yeah. I love going out dancing mm. and, you know, like just going and dancing. Cause I, it does help me to 
let go of stress. It helps me get in my body. I get to feel creative and then I get to really feel feminine. So yeah, dance is like one of my number one things. And I have a, a question. You know, you were saying like, I'm running towards my future. It's opening up my future. Are you, do you, are you familiar with the artist Billie Eilish? Yeah. Do you like her a little bit or, uh, or not? Oh no, I, I'm, oh no. Oh no, this is not the, oh no, no, actually no. <laughs> Billie Eilish, she has the green hair and she's very popular in the world right now. She's very young. She's 18, but she's worldwide Billie Eilish. Anyway, she okay. has a song called, um, in love with my future and oh. it's beautiful you know i'm gonna write it down and i'll send it to you it's actually quite lovely yeah perfect i would love that yeah yeah, yeah. okay i'll send it to you yeah <laughs> i love this conversation and yeah. so i want to keep on going with some other questions okay. uh, yes about so you told us about, i i would like to to go more about your your book about uh yeah. everything and yeah. I, i want to peep i want people discover really what you're doing because yeah what you told uh what you share with us in this conversation for me is so special you have a special way to invite women and men to meet together in with you it's like so simple oh you're too much new masculine then do some magic things and then oh i feel so good <laughs> but um the thing is that i know that there are some uh, resistance there are some big um Uh, some some pain points, some challenges to overcome first. Can you share a little bit, um, or just share <laughs> share yeah. some some challenges and some pain points that they can uh, that block them first? Uh, what are the the because the women that will hear this interview, listen to to it, will certainly say, mm, okay. In my situation, how can I start? Because I feel stuck. I feel like you said, like being more open. Yeah. What are some challenges that they can they can face and uh, they can yeah. overcome? Yeah. I, I mean, I think probably one of the biggest things that the challenges that people do have is getting overwhelmed mm. by dating. And there's a lot of reasons why people may get overwhelmed. It could be that they're incomplete from their past, right? If you're not complete with your past, that can contribute to you feeling overwhelmed because every date kind of brings up, especially if you were rejected and they didn't want to see you, it brings up your past pain around that. So is that, so it could be that, right? Mm. People get overwhelmed because they don't know what they're doing, <laughs> with the dating scene. They think it's just a numbers game. Just go out with many people. And at some point they're probably going to just meet someone. So that can make people feel overwhelmed because they're mm. just saying yes to whoever. In that case, it's more, it's, it's, that's a sign to me that they're not being purposeful 
about their dating. And so in order to be purposeful and intentional, especially if you're busy and I mean, you have a full life, you don't have a lot of extra time to just go out with anyone. So you want to be intentional. So one, one of the key things, Claire, is you really need to know what you want. You really need to like do some deeper introspection work. I do that work with my clients. I help them to understand what it is they really need and want and to sort choose who to date, who not to date based on those core key characteristics. Like for example, like the family oriented one, that, that is something that I would say has definitely come up a few times as a core in, intention for some people. And then you would, you would, what people do is like, oh, okay, are they family oriented or not? Oh, they are. Then you can continue dating them. If they're not, if they're very clearly not family oriented, then you don't. But it's more of an introspective thing. Like people need to get really grounded in like what their sorting mechanism is. And so that's kind of, that's my, that's what I do, right? And, and then we do everything else from there. So people get overwhelmed when they're just like putting themselves out there like that. Um, I think people feel overwhelmed too because... I think women get a little too attached to men too quickly when a man hasn't even asked for commitment or wanted that. And a woman starts investing her precious femininity and energy into a man, maybe before he deserves it. <laughs> mm. So I think that can be really overwhelming for women when they're just on the first few dates, but they start acting like his girlfriend. So women, I find like that in that case, in that case of overwhelm, I think people, women need to kind of slow down the process. That's why I have this concept called fondue dating. You know, fondue, the chocolate fondue, it's over the flame. Stir the chocolate and then you, you know, you dip the banana in or you dip the strawberry in, you know, it's very, but how do you make fondue? It's a very low flame, small flame, because if you put the flame on too big, it'll burn the chocolate. So fondue dating is about having this low flame and then you could just keep stirring. So for women, it's like, don't jump in fast. Just keep the fire burning, keep stirring and slow down the process of getting to know someone. And don't think you're in a relationship when you're not, because that's, that can be very disappointing and very overwhelming if you're not based in reality of like what's really happening. Hmm. So those are a few pointers for like what I see is like the main kind of challenges that lead to women feeling overwhelmed. Hmm. Okay. So I, this, this is very, very interesting the way you see it, because when you see, when you tell that we can see and we can understand that you have an open mind and being objective yeah. uh, mm -hmm. in front of what happens and thanks mm -hmm. to meditation. And so I wonder if your clients meditate as well, because mm -hmm. I think that this is a, a wonderful tool to help them to so if if i sum up uh to to be very clear about your process because this is something that actually i have my client do the same and i'm like mm. and it's it's so interesting to have another person tell tell it in in another way so they feel so overwhelmed by 
the Hollywood, the fairy tale, the way that they have to act, the way that they have to be, the way that the things that they have to do. And so they have to declutter their mind and their programming to be ready to welcome new love to open themselves mm. to their true energy to mm. feel in their feminine and mm. and as well as have an open mind and to be more objective and yeah. to see with more uh more space and mm. and more calm and see with with good eyes <laughs> instead of <laughs> with wrong filters so take off their filters and see really how the men react and how they feel and and so have a proper um a proper how can we say evaluation of the the situation and then from it like just stop reacting from the emotions that can come from at first sight and oh this is amazing he will be my husband just just this this is the start (laughs) yeah (laughs) and just evaluate and come back to themselves and then come back again and then I like this this fondue au chocolat analysis (laughs) yes I love that fondue (laughs) chocolat dating (laughs) yeah I love this (laughs) And, and and, and, and that's kind of what the book is right it's about it's really distinguishing the top 10 filters Mm. that women are seeing their love lives through and they may have one they may have all 10 they may have a few but if until you distinguish the filters that you're seeing your love life through the filter is going to be using you you're not going to be able to free your you have to see the filter just like if you have glasses and they're they're red you know you're always going to see everything red but then when you take them off, you're like, oh, I see things totally differently. That's, that's, that's pretty much what the whole, the importance of the book is, is to be able to see your own filters and to take ownership of them and to free yourself of them so you can be, approach your love life based in reality. So reality-based dating instead of Disney-based dating. Mm, this is perfect. This is perfect. And this ends uh, everything so perfectly. Perfectly, perfectly. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Krista. Uh, what is uh, w- one thing that, I mean, you already gave uh, enormous tips, but I, I want to finish on the meditation touch. Yeah, really. Okay. Because yeah. this is so life-changing. Uh, about the meditation that you did and the work that you do because meditation is so closely related to opening your heart and uh, uh, welcoming love again Um, regarding meditation do you teach your student to meditate and what are some simple meditation exercise that we can do every single day to start to open ourselves more uh, to the juiciest things in life. (laughs) I love that. Well, the meditation practice that I do personally is just this ancient practice that's like 
you have to have like very, a lot of discipline to do. It's just ancient. And, but there's all these other kinds of meditations. And the one that I don't teach my clients that one, cause it's more of like a commitment, but like, um, it, what I do teach my clients though, the meditation I give them is one that's called the uh, feelings and needs meditation. And as a woman, it's really important to know what you're feeling and to know what you need. And so if you know what you're feeling, like, oh, I'm feeling, feeling a little sad right now. Okay. Okay, what do you need? I think I just need a rest. Sometimes just holding your hands on your heart and taking a deep breath and just asking yourself, like, what am I feeling? And start developing that relationship with just your feelings and asking yourself what you need. There's a relationship that you develop with yourself that will be so important for you, but so important in the long run with your partner because things happen when you're around other humans. Sometimes conflict happens. Sometimes you, you get overwhelmed, whatever it is. But if you're like, I feel stressed right now. Mm. I need to be alone then that you can communicate that with your partner. But if you're not in tune with what you're feeling, you're not in tune with what you need and you can't, you don't clearly define it for yourself, then you can't provide it for yourself. And if you can't clearly define it with your partner and just, they're always going to be guessing, like they're not going to be sure. It's, it's a really big gift that you get to give to yourself to know what you're feeling and needing. And it's a gift that you get to, give your future partner so he knows like they know like oh she she's feeling she's feeling angry right now oh okay she needs to just she needs to go in the room and just journal it out for a little bit she'll be back you know it's just it's a gift to just so that's one meditation that i feel like is simple enough for um, an interview like this instead of going into this long <laughs> 20 minute guided meditation you know <laughs> I Just get it. Two, two hands on the heart. Two hands on the heart like this. I like to see the heart as a heart baby. You know when you hold a baby, mm. you know, you kind of hold it to your chest and you kind of rock it. Mm. Your heart is a little baby. Yeah. And then and then when you feel safe with someone, if you feel, if you feel like if you feel like someone's coming around your baby, you know, if you would turn away. You're going to protect the baby from this creepy person, right? But if they're a safe person, then you'll, you'll show someone the baby. Same way with your heart. It's not about guarding it. It's just about honoring it and, and taking care of it and being in tune with it. The heart is a precious, beautiful part of our bodies that's we almost can't understand what it really is. It's, I think it's beyond a physical organ. It's an energy center. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like honoring that beautiful, tender energy center baby. Mm, thank you very, very much. So there, there were beautiful, beautiful golden nuggets in here. The feminine ritual the stepping more into your your feminine, these beautiful meditations and the 
filters, the filters that you can discover in your book, where can we find your amazing, amazing book? <laughs> well, you can definitely, let's keep it simple. If people want to find out more about my book, mm -hmm. um, um, just go to KristaBeck.com. So, mm -hmm. and my name's spelt a little different. It's C-R-I-S-T-A-B-E-C-K.com. And you can find my book and, you know, just a little, if you want to see my picture again, you miss me, you know, you can come on over to <laughs> KristaBeck.com. Super cool. I will put all the links in, in the bio, in the description, everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're the guest. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and then and then it is going to be launched on Audible. And so it's it's actually right being approved, it's in the approval process of Audible right now. So what I'll do, Claire, is when I get that link, I'll send that one to you too when you publish it. Perfect. Perfect. Amazing. Yes. They will love it. They will love it. Absolutely. Uh, one, one last word that you want to share because, you know, you are such a great guest. I would love to speak to you for hours. I have just tons of questions, but I know that this should have a, a hand too. <laughs> so, you radiate love and I love. Uh, oh my God. So, if you have one more thing to share, let's go. <laughs> I would just say love yourself mm. because you're the only one that really can. Mm. You will make me cry. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So thank you very much, Krista, for yeah. having been here today. And uh, yeah, see you, see you very, very soon. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Merci. <laughs> Avec plaisir. <laughs> okay.